And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. A dad of two, serial road tripper, lover of music, player of guitars, reader of books, nature adventurer, yogi, and enjoyer of Indian food, Alex Searle is a storyteller who helps others tell their story. He is also the founder of Humble Mind. Today, we hear the story behind the storyteller. Thank you so much, Alex Searle, for joining us here and Aware Now to share this time, this space, and your story. Thank you so much. Wonderful to be here. I'm very humbled that you asked me. I'm not quite sure why you asked me, but uh, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm glad that here. Thank you. I'm glad that you're here. Let's just uh, let's start with the story, the story of Alex Searle. From the beginning to now, please share, if you were to draft a summary of your life, how would it read? Wow. Um, well, it would probably have unexpected adventure in there somewhere, somewhere in the chat GPT summary. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was born in South Africa. Uh, my mom is originally from Spain. Uh, my dad had uh, some European heritage as well, but um, South African mainly. Um, I'm an only child. My parents are musicians. They still play music. They've been playing that uh, together in a, as part of a band, a really good band um, for 40 years. And so kind of being creative and being on an, uh, an adventure and um, being around people has always been part of kind of just part of the DNA from day one for me and so um, I traveled a lot with them as a kid I used to uh, go with them to, to you know when they used to go for work for music for their kind of creative arts I used to go with them and go to school in different places went to school in Egypt in Spain uh, lived in Qatar for a little while all of that before I was about 12 or 13 um, and um, and then it kind of was inevitable in a way that I would also follow music so music is also a massive passion of mine um, and all throughout yeah I suppose until I was about 25 I was a, a sort of a, a serious musician if you want to call it that um, with big quotation marks hanging in the air um, and yeah it was part of bands and music and really loved the creative process of making music but I also felt that there was something kind of missing from only being in a in a band or only playing music even though it's a beautiful creative spiritual path it's it I don't think it was my only path and so I also found out a little bit later that I had entrepreneurial skills and I had different kinds of you know business skills and, and relationship skills that um, I've I found myself wanting to cultivate in some direction and so um, yeah what started then ended up being Four different businesses that I've started so since then. Um, now I live in Spain. I've got two kids, seven and four, and uh, one on the way. Um, and uh, yeah, lots, lots of kids, lots of fun. Uh, in five days, I'm turning 33, so uh, pretty, pretty, um, pretty busy, I suppose. <laughs> Keeping life interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, life continues. It's certainly a fun. Um, 
a fun existence. And I also have learnt over the last couple of years that the more I trust my own curiosity um, and kind of go with it and go with my gut on what interests me, the easier things come. Uh, the easier things seem to kind of come and, and, and gravitate opportunities towards me instead of trying to chase them, trying to push them. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that's a complete answer, but um, it's, I think that's it's a, a fabulous summary. Um, and I love how the way you ended that summation to say that um, it's learning to trust your curiosity. So many people say, well, trust your instinct, trust what you know to be true, but you trusting what you're not sure to be true, but curious to, to figure it out. So um, that's awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. So and we talked, when we talked previous, we talked previous about storytelling. So mm. I feel that the art of storytelling is contingent on the science of the story asking. So my question for you now is, as a professional interviewer, which you are, one of your many hats that you wear, what most inspires you about the craft of the interview? Hmm. It's, it's, it's actually a recent um, sort of uh, discovery, if anything, because <clears throat> Um, I've always loved stories and hearing great storytellers, and um, uh, obviously, as we all as we all do. But I've also found that what also has attracted me to podcasting and listening to podcasts, enjoying the process of of also creating podcasts, even though I'm I'm still kind of figuring my way out on that, is is this conversation element, the fact that there's not something being told from one voice, but rather you're listening in, you're the fly on the wall. Uh, in, into a conversation that's unfolding between two people and the exchange of energy instead of the, the one direction of energy is um, just so much more interesting and so much more kind of live and extemporaneous. It's, it, it's sort of happening before your eyes. It's almost like watching a high-speed video of a construction site. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's taking place in front of you rather than something that's kind of learned and just repeated. So there's something um, really special about that. Um, and also it's the kind of thing that I think uh, brings out truth uh, much more easily because when you're storytelling or when you are prepared something and now you're going to go and you know deliver a speech or whatever it might be you, you know what you're doing right start to finish you know the message and, and it's going to be a sort of a, a one-way street and obviously there's value to that but in that conversation or element or um, interview situation you don't really know how things will come out which means Normally, when they come out the first time, you're going to have an interesting answer and you people are less prepared to shield what might be a lie or what might not be um, the way they want it to come out. You know, it's just going to come out, especially if the questions are good and if they're incisive. So there's a real art in not only interviewing, but also being interviewed um, because it, yeah, it just gives you all of these wonderful things, and uh, and story asking is a is a nice way to think of it too, because mm. it it it, re- it relies on a back and forth, a kind of a question and answer, to mm. create meaning together, um, 
so I love it. I, I, I love listening to interviews. I love listening to podcasts. Um, and I also like just doing it. I'm certainly not a professional interviewer. I, I kind of fell with my, with my ass in it, as I did with a lot of things, and then just ended up following my curiosity and seeing what happened. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing medium for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, very revealing one too. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, to your point that it is a, that it's dialogue, because I think in society we're so used to monologues or uh, dialogues that that are so um, rigid and so like predefined as to what message should be scripted as opposed to one that just sort of flows and exactly your point like sort of reveals itself in real time mm. yeah um you know so let's let's talk questions if there was one universal question one thing one thing that you could ask that would best tell the tale of a person what would that be there are so many questions to be asked if you had just one you really want there's a complete stranger Staying in front of you, you can ask them one question to know them. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Maybe I would ask this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I suppose it all—it's always going to be dependent on what you want to know, because that's—that's that's probably worth mentioning as well as an interviewer or when you're conducting a conversation or a discussion of some kind. You—you're asking questions, but you're also not doing it blindly. You're kind of going somewhere with it and you're sort of testing hypothesis maybe you're thinking about a problem and asking for comments so there's different types of questions different things that you can find out by asking different questions um i don't know if there's like a single boom kind of like you know kind of question that you can just throw out and then you're gonna get everything you need to know that's the beauty of having different kinds of questions um ones that are softer ones that are harder ones that are more detailed ones that are more open um but to give you a partial answer um i think it's nice to ask people about uh, a very small specific thing and what i mean by that is um instead of trying to and this is something i'm actually trying to still learn and get better at but um often in conversations with people if you're going too big and too broad and too general and too what's the universe all about then chances are it's it's such an impossible expectation it's really hard to kind of come up with anything meaningful or entertaining it's just such a big question but if you go in small like you know tell me about your favorite place in the world and why you like it or um when was the last time a piece of music made you cry or i don't know something like that you know where it's sort of specific and kind of takes you right down to a moment the chances are that someone's going to be able to relate to that much more quickly and much more personally so that then they can describe what it felt like, the colors, the sounds at the time, who they were with, all of these things. And you get a better story that you're asking of them, back to story asking, rather than something that's too large. You know, finding the general and the specific, um, yeah. I think, is, is, is way more interesting than asking everyone to be a philosopher. Uh, yeah. In fact, that's the way to be a philosopher. Mm, I quite agree. Yeah, as opposed to the big question, it's the right question. Mm. Sometimes big questions are too big. They're too big for their own good, you know. And so you find more interesting things by 
taking a detour or taking a road a little bit less traveled mm-hmm. and then you find uh, something more interesting yeah absolutely absolutely uh so storytelling and is really all about learning interacting in hopes of thriving in this life in this world here enters humble mind mm. please tell us about this platform that you founded and the community that you're leading to prepare humanity for the future of work mm. wow so um i just love the word humble uh it's it's an interesting word i like also the way that it looks some i'm i'm a bit of a word nerd and sometimes it's not just about the meaning of a word but the way it looks or the way it sounds actually affects how you form an attachment to it and i just like the word the way it looks and the way it sounds obviously i like how it's defined as well for me uh, being humble is it's kind of like having an open heart while also keeping an open mind you know it's being about sort of present in a small role that you might play uh, in a big world but a big influence that you can have in a small way as well so it's it's kind of you know relates to quite a few um different pieces and humble mind the community I'm building is a place for um entrepreneurs curious sort of digital professionals uh mentors even creative freelancers um and founders you know small business owners people who often i find need support and need a source of learning but don't really have the the right space for that the right container for that um but there's a community there that goes goes wide but also goes deep so every week there's a kind of a weekly format where we have a um a different topic we get some featured speakers that come in um and it's all online and for sort of 60 to 90 minutes that's your space that's your container where you can learn about intuition about enlightened leadership about um you know the world of ai and navigating the truth in ai um how to start a podcast how to build a business how to grow internationally all of these different topics sometimes it's a knowledge deep dive sometimes it's a skills exchange you know it's different kinds of things um but the idea is to kind of you know go wide so that you're exposed to different kinds of opinions and perspectives and speakers maybe sometimes even those you might not agree with but also to go deep to invite your own curiosity and that's why there's an a very active kind of a uh, facilitation element to these as well so it's not just about sitting on a webinar and being on mute but you know i will always kind of engage and get everyone on the session to get involved what do you think what's your opinion share share your perspective tell us because your pers- you, doesn't matter if you're an expert or not that is you know it doesn't matter at all it's about what your perspective is and something in your wording something in your answer something in your experience might come out and someone else goes wow i resonate with that or i don't agree at all with that and here's why and so you've get this kind of beautiful organic conversation that starts to emerge and when that happens when people begin to talk to each other which is the real formation of a community not just a one to many but you know a network effect of everyone else interacting then you begin to get these beautiful bonds that start to emerge between people uh, that otherwise would just have been strangers um and and that's actually starting to happen on this platform and so it's 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 learning it's skills development um it's connection um and it's curious inquiry all in all rolled in one in one big fat sandwich um so yeah that's humble mine it's still growing it's still pretty early i started it this year 
but I'm really proud and really happy of where it's where it's going. And um, yeah, sky's the limit. That sounds amazing. I love the again the, that that word that was used earlier that curiosity, an mm. invitation to to be and to stay curious. What I've found in this is that things like curiosity, um, intuition, big words, you know, empathy, because I've really kind of tried to sit with it and I'd like think about what, what do those mean? And I don't have an answer for it, but I've realized at least the start of it is that they're actually skills. They're actually things that you can do. You can do something with them. It's not just this beautiful big cloud that hangs in the air and you're kind of like curiosity, you know, intuition, these sort of like big sort of words that mean nothing and everything at the same time. But the group element and what we do as Humble Mind as a collective, as a group, is to open up these things and to talk about them and kind of create knowledge around them. And I found that something like curiosity is really a skill. It's like a muscle that you go to the gym and you, you work out. And the better you are at spotting it, noticing it, presenting uh, you know, uh, having space for it, uh, the better it can serve you, you know. And so, like I said, you've, you know, if you start to follow it and notice it a little bit more often and make a habit of that, then you find that curiosity actually brings opportunities and it makes you more open and supple to learn new things. And these are the same for all of these other things as well. Being humble, that's a set of skills. You know, it's a thing that you can do. Not a thing to be performed and a thing to live outside of your integrity, of course not. But it's, you have to learn how to do that or to be that or to be better at it. Um, and that's kind of a big central kind of thing that we're exploring in Humble Mind. That's really awesome. Uh, so what also is awesome is poetry. So let's end our conversation today on a bit of a poetic note. There's this poem I'm very fond of. Maud Muller is the title. It's penned by John Greenleaf Whittier, and he says this. <clears throat> For all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. Hmm. So, my question for you. For those who hesitate with telling their story that might be told but has not been told yet, what is your advice? Sure. <laughs> easy give me the big questions here, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> easy questions. <laughs> Love it. Um, hmm. It's a it's, it's a beautiful piece. Uh, I, I don't know that piece, um, and I love poetry. So it's yeah, and it's so true, isn't it? Um, it might have been living a life of regrets or missed chances or missed opportunities. Um, I think one of the things that people convince themselves of uh, too often, um, and this is what stops them before they start, is that they think that there there could never be an audience that would be interested in listening, and and um, you know that kind of convinces them that their story is not worth telling or hearing. Um, but obviously, that's not the case. Firstly, because you know, we live in such a massively diverse 
world that there's an audience for everything and everybody. There really is, right? Every subcategory, every niche, every ridiculous fetish, it's there. And so if you've got something to share or to say, no matter how ridiculous you might think it is, chances are somewhere there will be some kind of audience for it. Um, now, of course, this may change depending on if you're doing this as a business or if you have a story to share, you know, in a, of a personal nature or if you're being artistic, I suppose different ways to look at that. But yeah, ultimately, it's, it's, it's getting rid of that belief that, you know, it's, it's, it's something that is either too niche or too small or, or too personal or too ridiculous or too emotional or whatever it might be to, to not share. Because chances are, if something's touched you, then there's a really strong chance that someone else will, will benefit from that message. So that's maybe a philosophical uh, piece of advice, maybe a more practical one, um, is really to, to find a way to practice. It sounds funny, but you know, how, do, how do you get to Carnegie Hall, right? Um, and the, the way to develop any great habit, great you know, ability, any skill as well, um, is by doing it repeatedly and continuously trying to you know, make progress on that. You know, great poets, um, great writers, great musicians, you know, they spend decades doing that. They're not just great from the get-go and it's exactly the same with a craft like storytelling. You've got to get better at it. You know, um, when I f first in interviewed, sort of started interviewing and speaking to people and, and, and hosting people on Humble Mind like I do, I sucked at it. And I think I, I don't really like the way I do it now anyway. But the point is that you learn, you see what you do, you get better. You put that in and you try again and you get better. And that's the messy part. That's the messy, ugly part that no one likes, but it's so essential. It just has to happen, you know. Um, and with that comes a confidence as well, a confidence in your voice. And a voice is central to telling a story because you have a story and then you have the storyteller. And sometimes we're more intrigued by the storyteller than we are with the story. And that's, that's fine. You know, that's part of the package. That's part of the experience. So, yeah, I suppose... The first is to get rid of the false belief that there might not be an audience for it because there always, always is. Mm -hmm. And secondly is to, is to practice, is to get good at it. Because one day when that person finds you and they want to hear your crazy story about wasabi peanuts and birds or whatever it might be, whatever crazy combination you have, it really helps if you're as good as you can be mm -hmm. when you tell that story or if you're medium you're doing it in a video or a podcast or you're writing poetry or however you're doing that can be as good a vehicle as possible so that it carries the intention of your message um, in the best way yeah so yeah that's one way to see it <laughs> that's great advice i think that's wonderful advice um love what you've shared with us your personal story your platform uh Thank you for sharing this space, for sharing your story, for helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you. Wonderful. Yeah, it's a beautiful opportunity. Thank you. And I really love what you guys are doing too. Um, it's a great cause. And yeah, uh, you've, you've got a story to tell, an important one too. So I'm glad you're telling it. Thank you so much. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. 
we will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are Aware Now.